I've learned that sometimes God's words don't necessarily come from a page, but they come from lives lived and experiences that we have and people that we run into and come to know through the course of a year or the course of our lives or the course of an experience. So I've learned not only to depend upon the Scriptures, the Bible, but I've learned to depend on the words that I get from God that come from you, that come from others, that come from my grandchildren. My grandchildren teach me a lot. They teach me, if they teach me anything, they teach me patience. But they teach me a lot. I've learned to depend upon God's words. The book of Romans says we were saved in hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for that which is seen? But if we hope for that which we don't see... We wait for it with patience. The writer of Romans may wait for it with patience. (laughs) I don't always, I'm not always that patient. I'm not always that, to be honest with you, I'm not always that kind with God, with myself, or with the circumstance. One of my favorite, one of the people that I get God's words from is Mr. Rogers. Fred Rogers, a lot of you grew up on him. Some of you may be too young to really appreciate, um, appreciate his contribution to our lives and to my generation and others. Fred Rogers was one of those people that when I was very, very young, I learned. I didn't realize I was doing it then, but I realize it now. But I've come to learn that It's from people like him that I also heard God's words. We know some of the things he's most known for saying. Some of his most famous things are things like his mother told him that whenever he saw disaster and when he saw turmoil and when he saw pain and big ways to always look for the helpers because there were always helpers. That's encouraging. To me, that's like a word from heaven. So I appreciate people like Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers, and and others. For Christmas this year, Mason, my husband, knows how much I really appreciate and admire the works and the word of Fred Rogers. I follow follow probably a dozen Twitter accounts that have something to do with Fred Rogers, Fred Rogers quotes, Fred Rogers foundation, Fred Rogers neighborhood, all the Fred Rogers stuff. And I've got, I have books and and I have little buttons, and I have posters, and pictures, and little figures, and and all kinds of things about Mr. Rogers. And last year for Christmas, Mason got me a book that was written by a woman who got to know Fred Rogers really, really well in the later years of his life. And they, they became very close friends, and they exchanged letters with one another, and he was always encouraging her and advising her, especially on family matters. She had young children, and she said sometimes it's just a struggle to be able to communicate with them. But he always knew what to say. (laughs) 
And he would write her letters and he would say, just say this and see how they respond. And don't be surprised if they don't respond in a way that you don't appreciate or that you don't like. Last year, Mason got me that book that she had written about her experiences and her relationship with Mr. Rogers. This year, for Christmas, Mason got me a book that's called The World According to Mr. Rogers. Wouldn't you love to live in that world? Now, I know what you're thinking. If you know Fred Rogers, you know Mr. Rogers, you're thinking, okay, he lived in a world full of tiny trolleys and hand puppets. And that's not the real world. That's not what we face every day. When we roll out of bed in the morning, we don't hop on a tiny trolley and and go off to the land of make-believe with King Friday and all the other characters in the land of make-believe. We live in the real world, but so did Fred Rogers. And that land of make-believe truly was a reflection of the real world that we were living in. They dealt with some, they dealt with some heady stuff in the land of make-believe. They dealt with things like child abuse. Because Fred Rogers knew there were children that were living in homes that were unhappy. They were abused one way or the other. And sometimes maybe the only relief they would get was from one of those characters. The owl. The cat. The baby, the king. A crotchety old woman in the land of make-believe. But it was their relief. It was their word from God. Who would have imagined? Who would have imagined that children in a situation like that would be able to hear from God from anyone other than a preacher or a gospel song or a, or a priest or the Bible, but it came. And they learned to depend on those words, God's words. I've been thumbing through this little book, finding things, what I call just gems, just little gems of things that that Fred Rogers shared, they're all small. He said once, it's not the honors and the prizes and the fancy outsides of life that ultimately nourish our souls. It's the knowing that we can be trusted, that we never have to fear the truth, that the bedrock of our very being is firm. All our lives, we rework things from our childhood, like feeling good about ourselves, managing our angry feelings, and most importantly, being able to say goodbye to people we love. The Word of God for the people of God. But Kenny, it's Fred Rogers. Yeah, but... Somebody this past year had to say goodbye to someone they love. You rarely have time for everything you want in this life, so you need to make choices. And hopefully your choices can come from a deep sense of who you are. Most of us, he said, I believe, admire strength. It's something we tend to respect in others, desire for ourselves, and wish for our children. 
Sometimes, though, I wonder if we confuse strength with other words like aggression and even violence. Real strength is neither male nor female, but it is quite simply one of the finest characteristics that any human being can possess. I really love this one. All life events are formative. All contribute to what we become year by year as we go on growing. As my friend the poet Kenneth Cope once said, you aren't just the age you are. You are all the ages you've ever been. Isn't that wonderful? Jeff, I know that you read and study some really deep, intense, and powerful things, but this measures pretty well, doesn't it? In some form or another, you've probably read or heard you aren't just the age you are, but you're all the ages you've ever been. I think you've probably shared that with me before. The values we care about the deepest and the movements within our society that support those values command our love. When those things that we care about so deeply become endangered, we become enraged. And what a healthy thing that is. Without it, we would never stand up and speak out for what we believe. The Word of God for the people of God. I believe it's a fact of life that we have, that what we have is less important than what we make out of what we have. The same holds true for families. It's not how many people there are in a family that counts, but rather the feelings among the people who are there. That's hard for some folks. It's been hard for me in the past. I have family who love me deeply. They cherish our relationship. I have family who are ashamed of me. And they're not ashamed to express their shame toward me. They've made it clear. And it hurts. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. That's why it's important to know that it's not how many people there are in a family that counts, but among the people who are there. This is something I've said to my own son before. I'm proud of you for the times that you came in second, third, and fourth. <laughs> in the big scheme, there are a lot more losers than there are winners. I, have a, I know a gentleman that writes, uh, he writes scripts for award shows. He's written for the Grammys and the Emmys and, and the Tony. He writes for all of the, the, the big award shows. And he said, the thing that's really, really, really difficult, he said, as you're writing that script, often you want to start at the end of the show and work your way forward because you really need all of your energy to write a script for a room full of losers because you got to imagine that as the night goes along with every award that's given out, the room gradually fills with losers. People who didn't win. 
But then you talk to them and they say, and, and I can attest to this, I've been one of those losers in the room. But, as I often say, I was in the room. I made it to the room. I've thought about our little church family that way from time to time. We're in the room. And sometimes we feel like, sometimes we just feel like getting here is all we can do. Just getting here is the chore, is the task. But we get here. I have a good friend who runs an orphanage down in southern Kentucky and most of the children who live in that orphanage come from uh, more impoverished countries and, and areas and parts of those countries like in, uh, like in Haiti and Guatemala and a lot of the Central American countries and they, they basically rescue children from those parts of the world who are what most societies would call throwaways or castaways. These are children who may be missing a limb or they may have some uh, developmental issue, but there's something that keeps them from being able to function successfully in society. And for a lot of families, especially in countries that are impoverished, a lot of those families, they can't afford to support a child that can't support itself. So they'll literally toss them out on the street. And so Jerry and Sandy Tucker, Sandy has passed away now for several years, but Jerry Tucker continues the work of the Galilean Children's Home in Liberty, Kentucky. And I served on their board for some time. And people are constantly coming through and, and touring the orphanage. And, and Jerry encourages that and invites that because he feels like people need to come and see the work that goes on there. And hopefully it will encourage them to support that work and to support the ministry and the mission that they do. But he said it's so often you hear people who come through that orphanage and they see those children there and they'll say, those poor children, those poor, poor children. And he said when Sandy was here, she would say, oh, no, 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 stop, wait, stop. Don't feel sorry for these children. Feel sorry for the ones who didn't make it here. Sometimes that's the way I feel, and not in a haughty way, and not in an arrogant way, I promise you. Not in an arrogant way, not in a headstrong way, but in a heartful way. Sometimes I worry and I feel for those who need a place like this, but they don't make it here. For whatever reason, they just don't make it here. But they need a place like this. So that's the reason that I would tell my son and I would tell you I'm proud of you when you come in second, third, and fourth. Fred Rogers said, Once when I was a boy, I used to think that strong meant having big muscles, great physical power. But the longer I live, the more I realize that real strength has much more to do with what is not seen. Real strength has to do with helping others. Our scripture from Romans today talked about hoping for things that are not seen. We have hope as a church and as a congregation. Your pastors have hope. 
Our church council has hope and our elders have hope and our trustees have hope and all of those who come in early on Sunday morning to make sure all of these lights are on and all of these candles are lit and and breakfast is served and all of this is put together and, and the instruments are played and everything is working. The people who make sure the grass is cut and the building is cleaned and make sure that the plumbing works and we got buckets where the roof leaks and all of those things, they care. And they have hope. We have a longing and a sincere desire and a sincere hope to be that place that all of those out there who haven't made it here yet can come and find what they need. And I want to be honest with you, when they get here, we're not inclined to tell them exactly what they need. They come in here more often than not knowing what they need. And we're here to help them find it. That's what bluegrass is all about. I'm encouraged and I'm inspired. And I would be sitting here today telling you an untruth if I told you that I woke up every single Sunday morning with all kinds of gusto to get here and serve in ministry. But there are some Sunday mornings I wake up and think, boy, this would be a great day to roll over. This would be a great day with the rain coming down. This would just be a a great day to sit one out. But then I get here, and you all know what I'm talking about. You get here and you're inspired and you're motivated and you're encouraged. I get here on Sunday morning and I see Miss Elnora come through the door and I think I'm going to get me a hug and a kiss that's going to make my whole day better all day long. I get the hugs from some of you every Sunday morning after service. Sometimes I can't wait for church to get over because I know how good that hug's going to feel. And I long for that hug. I've told you before of a young lady who's come to our church off and on several times. She would come here and she's told me before, she said, Kenny, when, if you all ever stop that hugging at the start of the service, I don't know if I'll ever be back because she said, that's the thing I need the most is that hug. All I want, all I need is that hug. That's the kind of thing that we hope for. That's the kind of thing that we long for. We're hoping for something we can't see just yet. We had no idea where we would be a year ago. None. A lot's happened in that year. We've had a lot of folks come through the door who haven't been back. We've had a lot of folks come through the door who are here every Sunday morning. We've said goodbye to some people we love. And we've embraced new relationships. A year ago, it was something we never would have seen, but we hoped for it. Through it all, through it all, we've learned to trust in Jesus, learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, we've learned to depend on God's Word, even if God's Word is the world according to Mr. Rogers or the laughter of that child. When we were sharing joy last Sunday morning and that beautiful little voice, I'm telling you, it just ran up and down my spine. It moved me. That was the voice of God in our world. They're all around us. They really are. 
and I'll just go ahead and say it. Sometimes they're standing right up here in this intersection at the end of New Circle Road, just asking for a little help. Sometimes it's that voice, that word of God comes from the person that we lay next to each night or wake up next to in the morning or maybe it comes from that person that we're estranged from who just randomly sends that text or that email that says, I've been thinking about you. Who knows what will happen this time next year? I know what I would love to see. I would love to see some relationships reconciled. I would love to see some burdens lifted. I'd love to see this place busting open every Sunday morning. And who knows, it might just happen. Those are things that we can see. I'm really looking forward to the things that we can't see. 